Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks. I hope you're doing a fan or having a fantastic morning. Just got back from my men's accountability group. It's a great time that I have with those guys. But I got to tell you, I got to ask you for a prayer request because this is, as most of you guys know, we we live on an island. We're, we're part of a very unconventional church. Matter of fact, we're called the Church for the Real World because we do things backwards to most churches. Our whole focus is not to is not to attract people that go to other churches, but rather to attract people that maybe they've turned their back on church. Maybe they just flat turn their back on God. Maybe they've never been there. They just think, you know, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Why the heck go to church? Um, but in doing that, a lot of the things that, that most churches would have, we don't. One of those being... We don't have a large group of people that hang out with us that know what paying tithe is, that realize that a church is a business and that pastors have to be paid in some form or fashion. So here's here's the prayer request. Uh, we, we are growing. we got about 500 in two different campuses. It's been great to see. They're fresh. They're, they're excited. They're on a spiritual journey. This has nothing to do with Dave's book, by the way. If you're just tuning in, this is just Troy, so bear with me a second. But what I need you to do is just pray. If you're a praying person, pray. Because yesterday what we ended up having to do is we laid off the whole church staff. We we had laid off we had laid off all of our part time workers. And today or yesterday we actually laid off even our pastor. Our pastor stopped taking a check, our associate pastor, uh, because there's just not there's not enough funds there. Uh we budgeted our church on $12,000 a week, and this year it fell to 8400 a week, and we took on a new campus. So you that, that hang out with us that are part of our praying community, just pray. Those that don't have a clue what I'm talking about and don't care, uh, just love us anyway, uh, because that's what it's about. Today we're finishing up Dave Ramsey's book, Entre Leadership, 20 Years of Practical Business Wisdom from the Trenches. And I'm also excited because tomorrow we're going to start a new book through the month of December by a great friend of mine. He is somebody that, that took me under his wing this year, has mentored me personally, Richard Bliss Brook. And Richard is the the founder of 2110. He's the chief visionary officer of, of OxyFresh. Um, my mom just lives by the life shots from 2110. And Richard has he's like a big brother. To me, and he kicks me in the butt when I need a good kick, and he and he wraps his arms around me when I need a hug, and uh, we're gonna have some fun time. He's one of the most successful men I know, and he never forgot where he came from. And you're gonna love the story. You're gonna love the book. Mock two with your hair on fire, the art of vision and self motivation. It's gonna be fun. But today, mastering the rope, the final chapter in Dave Ramsey's book, delegation. The best way to build a business bigger than you. I could I could scratch through business. I could say the best way to build a mission, a passion, a, a crusade, a network marketing organization. Dave opens up this chapter with a very unique story that I think will touch your heart. He says, when my oldest daughter was about to be our first child to leave home and head to college, it was time for a reflection and an emotional period. The first time, as parents, we were going to set one free. The mom and dad eagle were pushing one out of the nest and looking on with sadness and pride as she spread her wings 
and flew with more majestic than we realized she had. As our children were growing up and starting to make those first teen decisions on their own, we talked to them a lot about trust. Humpty Dumpty is hard to put back together, and so is trust. As young Ramses, they were told clearly not to bust the trust. If you say you're going somewhere, that better be where you are. If you say you're doing something, that better be what you're doing. As dad, I am all-knowing and all-wise, and you will be discovered if you lie. Dave loves little poems. At least we convinced him that the idea was a fact. Boy, been there, done that. We explained to the kids that the more they kept their word and the more we observed them making great decisions, the more freedom they would have. Visualize that I have a rope attached to you, and the more worthy of trust that you have proven yourself, the more I will lengthen the rope. If you lie or exhibit bad peer-based decision-making, the rope will be shortened. Every teen yearns more than anything on the planet to be trusted like an adult. So if you want more rope, more freedom, then act more and more like an adult. So if someone comes in later that promised, if someone comes in later than promised, the rope was shortened. The next time there was an event, the answer was mm, no. Parents who let teens run around with unearned adult freedoms are naive and stupid. They grow children with no boundaries who generally end up with serious problems. Parents who use a very short rope or a straight jacket preventing teens from ever developing the emotional skill of wise decisions are making really stupid controlling decisions. They raise their kids who go crazy in the first semester of college because they don't know how to make wise decisions. Bear with me, this is good. This week we were packing the car for the first day to fly away to college. I had a great idea. I stopped by the local drapery store and bought some beautiful rope. I coiled the rope and tied it with ribbons, one purple for her spiritual walk, one red for her academics, and one white for sexual purity, and a yellow one because she could feel safe, that home was waiting, and an orange one because she was going to the (laughs) University of Tennessee. We gathered the whole family in the rec room and presented her with her rope. I told her that we were very proud of the mature young woman of God that she had grown into. I reminded her that because of her life, she had earned our trust, and she was trustworthy. I told her she was moving several hundred miles away, and now she would be making her own decisions about every area in her life. We were sure she was capable of doing that. We told her that we were standing behind her now, not over her. This event was a rite of passage. We all cried. It was wonderful. Two months later, we visited her dorm room. There on her bedpost was the rope. Wow, I thought that corny idea would be at the bottom of a box. No, instead, the rope had become legendary in the dorm, and as the story spread, girls she hardly knew would drop by her room and ask her to hear the story and see the rope. Now, Dave is interesting as as a man, as a, as a just as a writer, because he's able to surround himself with immature. Almost teens sometimes. They're young 20s, 30-year-olds. But by by focusing on how he raised his teens, he's been able to raise an incredible team in his company. 
See, teams and teens are a lot alike, and the art of delegating to your team is really like lengthening the rope with your teams. See, when a person comes into your business, when a person comes into your network marketing organization, you shouldn't just trust them carte blanche to know what to say. You shouldn't throw them out to the wolves and say, go make it happen. Instead, little by little, you should lengthen the rope. You CEOs that hang out with me, and I love you all, same thing rings true inside your corporate office. You need to make sure that you lengthen the rope little by little. Don't just throw them out there and then trash them if they screw it up. That's your fault. Do it right. I'm sure some are saying, Troy, why would Dave make the last chapter about delegation? Well, that's a good question. And here's what he says. This chapter on delegation is the last chapter in the book, not the first. I have covered up until now how to properly build a company and a team. And until you've done those things that I've covered already in the book, your organization is not really ready to be delegated to properly. See, a lot of times, and I've caught myself, as I read this chapter, I thought back to my, my network marketing days. When I was building an organization, not just advocating in the industry. And it truly amazes me that there were many times I threw people out and said, go do it, just do it and do it and do it, because that's what I'd heard Art Williams say. But as I grew in my profession, I started to realize when you throw people into a situation they're not ready for, you're throwing them into a scenario of disaster. When you throw them into a scenario of disaster, you have issues. And that's what we don't want. We want to be able to build something where young leaders are going to want to come and go to work with us, go and be part of our teams and work with us and and be partners with us. And the only way to do that is to know how to delegate. John Maxwell wrote a whole book called Talent is Not Enough. Dave writes a paragraph in here, a little section. See, he says, delegating to broken people in a broken culture simply won't work. No matter how talented they are, they will screw it up. He goes, in Chapter 11, I discussed the failure of companies in America as they attempt to hire talent when the person with talent doesn't play well with others. I'll take it a step further. I've seen professional sports teams attract people with, with awesome talent, but they were broken. We can look at Ryzen at the Kansas City Chiefs, who was one of the best players out there, but he never stopped running a carjacking ring. All he did was, now that he was rich and was hanging out in great communities, they could steal fancier cars, paid a price. Michael Vick never stopped running dogs until he went to prison. And then we've got Toby Bryant, who got himself in trouble, and thank goodness he was able to take care of that. And then we got Tiger Woods. See, the list goes on and on of broken athletes. Every sport, we even have umpires who are good and talented umpires, but yet they were betting on the games they were umpiring. 
Think about this. If it happens there, it's going to happen with you. Talent is not enough. This is where Dave's going with this. Listen, leaders can only delegate to someone to the extent the leader is mature and the team member is mature. Emotional, rational maturing is needed in a team for a team culture to be formed. If there isn't a quality team culture, you could struggle to actually accomplish a real and satisfying delegation. I was on the phone with Blake Mallins from Vaisalus Science, fastest-growing network marketing company in America today. Could very well become the next billion dollar in annual sales company by March of 2012. And he and his two partners are in their 30s. Ryan Blair, who's the CEO of that company, his him and his father were gangbangers in California. They were not businessmen. Not the traditional CEO. And I kind of laugh when I talk to these guys all the time because they're they're actually the age of my children to a certain extent. And when I listen to them, in some cases they're far more mature than some of my kids. But they understand delegation. They understand what their strengths are, and they surround themselves with people who have strengths where they're weak. To me, that's an awesome way to build a business doesn't mean that they hit it all all the time. They they make mistakes just like everybody else. But they're learning. And the fun thing is they have surrounded themselves in a lot of cases with men and women who are older than them, have been down the road before them, and can guide them where they're leading. To me, I just think that's awesome. See, this is what we have to do. We have to do it in our families. We have to do it in business. In other words, we've got to build a culture and a team. When my boys were growing up, I was constantly monitoring and watching what they did. They used to get frustrated because they would find out I already knew what was going on before they wanted to share it. But when it was time for them to spread their wings, and each one of them seemed to get out faster than the others, they didn't have a perfect ride to the top. They made mistakes. In a couple of cases, two of them had legal issues. But what did happen was they knew that we had created a culture where we could talk. Not always was Dad going to be judgmental and dictatorial, but I would set them straight and say, this is why you shouldn't do that. Let's remember this. Let's focus on this. See, the process of building a team we're building a family, building a culture in which delegation can can be seamless will take a long time. It's not something that happens overnight. Jetty at eight years old doesn't get the same freedom that Tessa does at 17. Cassie at 15 doesn't get the same freedom that her sister does at 17. But each year of maturity, they get more and more. And I have to say, where I've messed up with my boys, my wife has done very well with our daughters. You can see the difference 
it takes in raising girls than than guys. And I and I tell you this because when you're delegating to your team, you got to remember what Dave said. Some people are going to be tigers. Some are going to be koala bears. Both of my girls take self-defense and martial art classes, and I was having breakfast with their with their sensei this morning, and he was laughing. He said, Troy, they're the most dangerous women I have ever worked with. He has more bruises and more bone cracking with them than any of his other students. And we were laughing. He said, that it has to be because you've taught them just enough to make them dangerous. I said, good, maybe you can fine-tune that so they don't kill their husbands. You know, it's just you've got to fine-tune. You've got to build a culture of safety and a culture of responsibility. See, each mistake that's made in your company, I'm not talking about about moral shortcomings. I'm talking about legitimate mistakes right now. Those should be teachable moments. If 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 you've got somebody on your team, they go out and they make a sale. They quote the wrong price. It's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. You don't fire that person. You don't even take it out of their paycheck. You use it as a learning experience. It's a hundred thousand dollar learning experience. But why would you want to get rid of them now that you just invested a hundred thousand dollars into their training? Learn from this. Now I know through the last fifteen chapters, some of you have been looking for that magic formula. When was Dave going to share it? And here it is, Dave sharing it—the magic formula by the book. He says, "Are you ready?" In order for an entre leader to successfully delegate, they must come to trust the team's members' integrity and competency. See, the secret formula is building a team and building a culture, you have to trust their integrity and their competency. If you run a small to medium-sized business and you turn over all the financial decisions and accounting to somebody else, and you're not tracking them or you don't know them or they haven't been with you a long time, you're a great candidate for embezzlement. Dave learned that. I have a businessman here in town that owns the most successful amusement park on the island. Millions of dollars roll through his doors from May to September. He makes more money in that time period than most small businesses on this island make in a year, which was why it was so easy for someone in his accounting department, to embezzle almost a million dollars. You can't you can't just delegate to people because they're talented. They must have integrity. We did a book called Integrity by Dr. Henry Cloud about three months ago. Integrity is the basic ground rule when you're building a relationship with anybody. If you can't trust them, then how are you going to delegate to them? One of the things that holds me accountable to my wife and to my kids on an integrity issue, never to have an affair, is not because I'm egotistical enough to know that I'm not attracted to beautiful women. It's the fact that I would have to then sit down and tell my kids everything that I said to you was a lie. Instead of loving your mom unconditionally, I loved her up to this point, and that was it, and I found somebody else. It may seem elementary, 
But it's what I use as part of my mechanisms, if you will, to make sure that I'm focused on where I need to stay focused. doesn't mean our marriage is perfect. It means I've drawn a line in the sand, and we each have to do that in every aspect of our life. I told you guys yesterday, when I sign on to the brand, that's it. I'm on to the brand until I find out someone has been dishonest, and I'm, I walk. Integrity is part of the magic formula. The root word of integrity is the root word that's used in math a lot of times to, to show a whole part, not a fraction. If somebody has breaks in their integrity, it's going to be hard to delegate to them because you're not going to be able to trust that they will follow through in every area. Matter of fact, this might be good here. Dave, Dave's so profound. He said, don't delegate the right for someone to be your role model unless they demonstrate over time the integrity and the wholeness of their life. One such person is Richard Brooke. That's why I'm using his book for the next series. Richard and I, and I'll share this deeper tomorrow, but our relationship is pretty young. We've known each other a couple years, and and it was just this last year that that our our acquaintance grew into such a a brotherhood, such a friendship. I mean, it, it, we'll, we'll go sometimes weeks without chatting, but then we pick up a conversation like we were brothers. When 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 I'm going through something or he's going through something, it goes beyond business. I mean, we've we've gotten pretty personal. You don't find that all the time. But I found that with Richard, just like I found it with Tom Hopp. When when you're open and honest and authentic and you've shown trust, relationships are forged in business and in your personal life. But the second part of the, the magic equation, the magic formula, is competency. Somebody can have great integrity and just not be competent at what they're doing. See, you can't delegate to someone until you trust their competency. See how it kind of goes together. I worked for a gentleman that was not the most perfect boss in the world, but somebody that I grew to love like a brother. And where I wasn't competent, he seemed to be. And and in reality, where he wasn't competent, I seemed to be. And we were able to really work hand in hand for many years together. It was a it was a great friendship. We've we've now gone different directions, but I look back on that and I realize one important point. We can never fake our competency. There were areas I just couldn't fake it. I, I had to work hard at it. And he would frustrate me. It was in copywriting to be quite honest. I, I learned so much from him. And if we work hard, we can grow that. But sometimes we can be in the wrong positions and won't be able to grow that competency. See, I'm pretty good at math. I'm 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 good enough at math that I can do I can do back end what they call kernel level programming. But I'm not competent at it. I'm just good at it. There's a difference. I can code it out. But when you look at it, it's going to have it's going to have to have somebody that's very competent in coding come in and clean up my code. 
Oh, you'll never see it on my website. You'd never see it in a database up front, but you'd see it on the back end when I get frustrated because something won't work. I know that I couldn't go out there and hire myself out to somebody or pretend. Matter of fact, when I went to work with my friend, he said, You're, you, you could go to work in our IT department or you can work in our customer service department. I said, dude, uh, you put me in customer service and we'll go from there. Because I knew what my competency level was. See, a lot of times our competency level is also attached to what our passion is. So just because you hire somebody that's talented enough to, to know what they're doing doesn't mean that they're competent enough to lead the department. This is also something else. When you delegate to people, you better be watching. Because if you're not inspecting it, you do, you have no right to... If you're not inspecting it, you've got no right to expect anything. You better be watching it constantly, focusing, making sure, especially as a young company. And that includes with vendors also, not just with your inside team members. See, there's all kinds of levels of management, or, or I should say leadership, levels of delegation, if you will. Stephen Covey in Principal Centered Leadership talks about it, but Dave only covers one. He covers the lowest level of delegation, the gopher. I hired on in construction many years ago as a gopher. At that level of delegation, you're delegating tasks. Go nail a nail. Go pick up a piece of wood. Go throw out the trash. Kind of seems familiar when you're growing your children, doesn't it? But as your business grows, as that person grows in their entre leadership level, as everybody's maturing and moving up, then you go to the management or leadership level. Dave writes it this way. At this level of delegation, you're not delegating tasks. You're delegating concepts that imply tasks maybe through thousands of tasks, actually. But see, now you're looking at the results, the concepts that are being created. I watch BK Barreco do this a lot over at Vima. He's got a great, great team. I deal with Lynn, his PR director, quite a bit. She's a phenomenal young lady that just knows her stuff. And yesterday I sent an email and said, hey, where do we stand on all this stuff? And she said, Troy, we are so busy right now trying to, to do our, our new launch with our new product. Uh, do you have a time limit? I said, oh, my gosh, no, 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 no. Let's just put this off to the first of the year. Because I know that right now she is maxed out with getting the concepts of this new launch out and there's so much responsibility on her shoulders, I don't want to be part of her deterrent. See, you've got to know. I'm delegating to her things that I've already told BK that I need, and he's told her take care of it. But at no time do I pressure. See, you want to make sure that you know when to delegate. And you want to make sure that once you hit that, they may hit the management level, that that you don't over-micromanage them. Even as just a, a strategic partner with them in the network marketing arena, I could, I could micromanage and say, I need this, I need this, I need this. You don't want to do that. And if you're talking about your team members, listen, micromanagement can kill you. Matter of fact, there's two reasons why you might be micromanaging. See, it may be because 
you don't have a self enough self confidence to release those tasks or concepts when the when the integrity and the competency has been proven repeatedly or it may just be you're not mature enough yet to be quite honest so you've got to realize that you have to grow as a leader before you can grow other leaders i strongly suggest everybody buy dave ramsey's book entre leadership I also, if you are focused on leadership in a big way, there's two books you should buy. Number one, you should buy Developing the Leader Within You by John Maxwell. The second book should be Developing the Leaders Around You by John Maxwell. And once you've gone through both of those books and you've gone through Dave's book, then go buy John's newest book, The Five Levels of Leadership. And I think you will see what it takes to grow a successful business that will last 20 years. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me when we start Mock 2 with your hair on fire, the art of vision and self-motivation by the great Richard Bliss Brook. Bye now.